And we've covered this topic before, bullying. Uh, We've talked about it in terms of the hazing scandal that's been going on and the hazing that has come out of the woodwork from college sports. And we've also talked about bullying in terms of what parents' rights are where their child is bullied at school. It's prevalent with adults in the workplaces and in many professions, and it can be very, very debilitating, and it can cause people to leave jobs and not rise to the top of their professions. There is a new program that's been launched by one of Illinois' most prominent attorneys, Harvard Law grad, Eric Harold. You may know her as 2003 Miss America, uh, or for her campaigns for Congress and Illinois Attorney General. She's now uh, the executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court on Perf- uh, Commission on Professionalism, and I welcome her again to the studio. Erica, so nice to see you. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me. Well, when you were Miss America 2003, your platform was anti-bullying, correct? It was. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about why anti-bullying was a cause that was really near and dear to your heart? I chose it as my platform because as Miss America, you have one year to have national visibility about an issue that deserves attention. And I wanted to use the juxtaposition of people's ideas and stereotypes about Miss America with my own experience being the victim of bullying and harassment. For me, in a nutshell, when I was in high school, I was the victim of severe racial and sexual harassment. It started out with name-calling, teasing, taunting, escalated to vandalism of my family's home, and then ultimately escalated to death threats. And I had to transfer to a different high school after this behavior and this bullying went sort of unchecked for about a year. And, you know, again, this might be inappropriate to say, but people don't look at a beautiful, talented, wildly intelligent, ambitious, kind person as you are, as I know you are. Thank you. They don't look at someone like you and say, you are a bullying victim. We think of someone who's awkward and socially backward and, you know, hiding in a corner. And so I, I think it's really important for people to understand that anyone can be a victim. And now it's even worse, according to the statistics. Absolutely. I wanted people to see that anyone could be a victim because so many people who are targeted, especially young people, they feel this tremendous, tremendous stigma and sense of shame. So they don't report it because they feel that it's somehow a reflection on them. And I wanted kids to see if this could happen to Miss America, this could happen to anyone. And you should not feel ashamed in standing up for yourself and seeking help. Uh, Let's uh, take a break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about this program that you're launching uh, as executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism, really directing um, this issue uh, spotlight on lawyers. But also, I think it spills over into the corporate workplace as well. When we come back, we'll be continuing to talk to Erica Harold here on the Karen Conti Show on WGN. That was Erica Harold, who's here in studio singing from Carmen. That is Carmen, right? That is, is Carmen. Carmen. That's the entrance oh, aria. That's a great, great, great aria. Uh, that's 2003 Miss America. That's so fabulous. Uh, Texter says, thank you, Karen. I've followed that gal forever. I'm from Bloomington, very close to Champaign. She's a great Christian and a beauty. And we forgot the brains part. Um, let's talk a little bit about your new platform. Uh, you are the executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism. Tell us, uh, Erica, about what this new platform is. This new platform is going to be one of the first 
of its kind projects in the U.S. It's going to address bullying in the legal profession. So it will involve a statewide survey of Illinois lawyers to assess the prevalence, the impact of bullying, and to try to figure out what are the best practices to be able to prevent it. We'll have the survey that's distributed next month, and then there will be focus groups that are convened throughout the state to get more color with people's experiences. And then it'll culminate next year in the distribution of a report that sets forth an analysis of these survey results and these focus groups and tries to provide real tangible strategies for individuals, judges, and lawyers and employers for how to assess this and address this uh, type of behavior. So, and I want to I want to expand this topic a little bit because this this doesn't really just I mean, you are, you know, your job has to do with lawyers and that and that's what that's what you're you're tasked with. But this type of thing happens in corporate America all over the place. This type of bullying and discrimination and the type of things. And, you know, I was talking to you in the break about we had a former we had a, a, a guest who was talking about the workplace and gender discrimination and how women are entering into the workforce on a 50 50 basis that that has really improved. But in the last 40 years, we don't have any more women on the top of the corporations than we did before. So I I imagine a lot of this has to do with race and gender discrimination as well as bullying. It does. And unfortunately, to your point, we see this kind of behavior, not just in the legal profession, but we can see it in the financial industry, accounting industry, healthcare, government, unfortunately, really everywhere where you have hierarchies and people who have power and authority and control over, over other people's career. And I think it's that power dynamic that makes it difficult for people to report because they think to themselves, if I go and report to HR, or if I talk about what's happening to me, I could be retaliated against. And even though that type of behavior when it comes to gender and race is illegal, most people don't want to risk that when they're thinking about their mortgage, when they're thinking about their children's welfare. So that's why we want to try to get some practical strategies to really empower people beyond just go to HR. And, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, as lawyers, you know, we're strong, right? We have to be strong. We're advocating for our clients. Why can't we advocate for ourselves? How How is it that lawyers get bullied in the workplace? But I've seen it. And interestingly, you, you, you flip to the other side and you say, why would lawyers who know the law bully people in the workplace and harass them knowing that they, they know better than anyone what the ramifications could be? Absolutely. And I think that You have people who understand exactly what the law is, but they also understand the power that that legal professionals have, and they can wield it and deploy it against people who they're supposed to be supporting and empowering in their career. And so you see diversity at the beginning stages of graduate schools and professional schools, but then you're not seeing the level of diversity and propelling people's career to the top upper echelons. I looked at uh, your website uh, for the commission, a 2019 study from the International Bar Association on Bullying and Sexual Harassment in the Legal Profession found 63% of female lawyers and 38% of male lawyers in the United States said they have been bullied. 
It's an astonishing number because people do have certain profession, a certain perceptions about lawyers and their abilities to be strong advocates for themselves. But what we see is that some types of behaviors still are commonplace. And so part of the goal of this initiative is really to raise awareness and to start a conversation about what does it look like to be a strong advocate and to be a strong leader, but to be able to use that power and authority you have in a workplace in a way that does not bully, does not intimidate and demean people. Even though this may not apply to a lot of our listeners and, and, and who aren't lawyers, but what I'm interested in too a little bit is like lawyers bullying each other. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about your executive position, executive director of the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism, we have a commission to try to make sure lawyers are civil. And is that shocking a little bit to even know that we have to have a, an organization in place to make sure lawyers play nice, it, it, it sort of defies, you know, your, your, your instincts, but, but it really is a necessary evil. It's absolutely necessary because we see that although we tell young people you can learn how to disagree agreeably and you need to treat people well and follow the golden rule, that is not necessarily how lawyers are behaving. And so I think the Illinois Supreme Court gets a lot of credit for founding this commission. They founded it in 2005 because they really wanted to foster a higher level of professionalism among our state bar. And they wanted to tell people it's not just enough to have a great education, to have great credentials. Part of being a lawyer and being part of a profession that's supposed to serve the public's interest is to be able to conduct yourself in ways that promote the greater values of our profession. And if you can't do that, you don't deserve to be part of it. Absolutely. And I, what I see a lot in, in my area of the law, where I do family law, which is obviously very emotionally heated, absolutely, is that lawyers <clears throat> who maybe aren't the most civil will take on their client's emotionality and will take it and run with it. And if your client says, go beat up that lawyer because he represents my, my soon-to-be ex-wife, well, that's not really what you should be doing. What you should be doing is calming things down, should be helping resolve problems. And if something has to go to court and be tried, you try it civilly and you try it, you know, within the rules of the courthouse. And the idea that I see these lawyers who are, you know, using bad language, even toward like maybe even the judges and the people uh, around uh, the courthouse, it's just astounding that you have people who can't just tone it down and try to take the high road. It's interesting you reference family law because our study saw that there are certain types of law that ha- where a disproportionate amount of incivility occurs, and family law is one of those areas. And so last year, the commission created a CLE, a continuing legal education course, focused just on incivility and family law, wow. because we were, we, we've seen a lot of examples of clients really dictating their lawyer's behavior. And what we're trying to remind lawyers is that you took an oath. Do not allow your license to be jeopardized because you have a client that wants to weaponize you and weaponize the process. And the, the, the point is, too, is that if I act like a jerk in court, I've got a long career ahead of me. I, I don't want the judges and the other lawyers to think that I'm the person to avoid and the person who's not going to be credible, the person who's not going to take the high road, the person who's going to be disruptive. I don't want that reputation. Otherwise, my next client is not going to want to hire me because I'm not credible. 
Absolutely. And it also undermines the public's respect for the legal system and the rule of law, because this type of incivility, it's not just wrong on a moral level or an ethical level, but our research shows that it actually delays proceedings. It costs clients more money. And so it actually does a disservice to the legal process itself. And so when people think about civility, they think it's just being nice. It's just being kind. No, it's about developing the skills as an advocate where you can advocate vigorously for your client, but do so in a way where you're not behaving in an uncivil way and actually being obstructionist in the legal process. You know, I there was an instance, and I just want to talk briefly about without naming names, but there was a lawyer who was a very prominent guardian, and he was really prominent. He, I think he was in charge of the whole guardian, you know, organization, and, and he was coveted, you know, his, everyone thought he was the, the cat's meow. It turns out he, there are allegations now that he was groping his associates, um, asking for sex, and actually uh, propositioning the mothers of the children for whom he was tasked with representing uh, that for with sex, saying, I'll get you a, a good recommendation to the court, but only if you have sex with me. And this had been going on for quite some time. And so that is now working itself through the system. But I think we were all, you know, in a legal community shocked, but we see this kind of stuff more than I, I'd like to say. You know, is it, what is like the typical scenario that you see bullying in the legal profession? You see it in a couple of scenarios. Within a law firm where people are working together, you can often see it where there's a senior attorney that's supervising a junior attorney and treating them in an abusive way if they are not necessarily doing the things they want them to do or they're making inappropriate demands. Uh, To give you an example from my own legal practice, I was in a situation where a more senior attorney asked me to do something that I thought was unethical, and I said I would not do it. This person screamed at me. They threatened to destroy my career. They were abusive, and they swore at me, and they were trying to bully me into doing something that they also knew was unethical, which is why they wanted me to sign right, the paper and right, not them. Right. And I stood my ground, but this person made it very, very difficult. And that's the type of behavior we're trying to target because it's sometimes it's about sexual harassment and racial harassment, but sometimes it's just the leveraging of raw power and saying to someone, if you won't do this, I will this thing that we both know to be wrong, I will destroy your career and retaliate against you. I have been there too as a younger lawyer. I think as I'm getting older, I think, you know, when you have your own firm, I think those things diminish. Um, You know, I just want to end on a light note here. Um, You were Miss America 2003. Tell us what, you know, what, what did you, what was like your favorite part about your one year reign as Miss America? My favorite part were the people I met. I met everyone from the president to school children. One of the most memorable experiences was going into one of the military hospitals and thanking some of the troops who had just returned who were injured during Operation Iraqi Freedom and hearing their stories and trying to offer encouragement and thanking them on behalf of our nation. It was one of the greatest honors of my life and incredibly proud to be able to be in that position to thank people. And I was able to see at the age of 22 to the best of our country. And that really has motivated me in my career. And you've made a lot of your career and you've done quite a bit, not only a Harvard law grad, but an opera singer who can sing the aria from Carmen. (laughs) 
<laughs> to to being a fabulous lawyer and a fabulous human being. Erica Harold, thank you so much for joining me here on the Karen Conti Show. Good luck with your uh, platform, and you can come back next year and tell us what the results are. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.